Hey guys, today we come to Revelation chapter 5, another awesome chapter, short but packed and loaded with um, encouraging revelation uh, in the book of Revelation. So chapter 4 and 5 is a unit, and it is setting us up for the bulk of this book, which um, extends through chapter 20, and of course the book ends with the conclusion and aggregate result of all of God's work through space and time, which is the New Jerusalem. So Chapter 4 through 20 is the future-oriented prophetic section of this book, and it's answering the question, how is God in Christ through the Spirit going to accomplish his purpose in a world of darkness and hostile rebellion and antagonism and resistance? He is going to overcome that resistance uh, you know, as he executes his eternal will from his throne with the victorious Christ applied by the Spirit. And so chapter 4 through 20 is showing us how that will play out in history through judgment and through mercy and through um, overcoming instigated by uh, the intensified Christ applying himself to us. So once we hit chapter 6, the book's going to get a lot more um, probably complicated to to you guys. But 4 and 5 is zooming us out and showing us that Uh, above and over and sovereign in all the storm winds of human history is a throne upon which Jesus Christ, the lion lamb, is seated. And he is administrating God's purpose, and he will be victorious. So chapter 5 continues chapter 4, which we saw the throne room of God from eternity right up until the moment of Christ's ascension. That's what chapter 5 is going to pick up on. And that kind of steady state realm of unceasing universal praise to God and his worthiness for uh, his creation and his will behind creation is, is interrupted and revolutionized. And heaven's praise itself changes key and a new song is sung in this universe um, directed towards Jesus Christ and his worthiness uh, for who he is and what he's done. So let's look at this chapter real briefly with three points. There's a lot here, but just three points. Let's look at the lion lamb. Let's look at the scroll and let's look at the kingdom of priests. We're going to look at the lion lamb, the scroll, and the kingdom of priests. Okay, the lion lamb is Jesus Christ and his victory and redemption. The scroll is the new covenant of God's will. And the kingdom of priests is uh, what God's people become in his divine economy and purpose. Okay, so an interesting transition from chapter 4 and chapter 5, the kind of repeated strain of chapter 4 was, You are worthy. You are worthy, O God, who have created all things. Because of your will, they were and were created. That was the last verse of chapter 4. So if you're reading this book of Revelation kind of in sequence and are a perceptive reader, You'll notice an interesting discontinuity and an odd disjunction as we begin chapter 5. Chapter 4 was saying, you are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy. But then chapter 5, verse 2 says, who is worthy? So this is an odd uh, question (laughs) coming after chapter 4 because we know God is worthy. But chapter 5 is saying, who is worthy to open the scroll that is sitting in God's right hand as he sits upon the throne? And that scroll again, is God's eternal will, the new covenant. And what this is showing us is it's saying God has determined to limit himself 
in the fulfillment of his purpose to the uh, cooperation of mankind. And so God is looking for a worthy human being, a worthy man who is qualified to open up God's eternal purpose and to bring it to fulfillment. So who is worthy? Chapter 5 is answering that question. The only worthy one in the entire universe is Jesus Christ. And so this brings us to the lion lamb. Verse 5 and 6, the whole universe is scanned for somebody worthy in heaven, on earth, under earth. Now remember in historical context, this would, would have been quite a polemical point to make. Caesar of Rome is not worthy. Alexander the Great is not worthy. All the great people of human history are not qualified and worthy to enact the divine will. Only Jesus is. And Jesus is revealed here as two things, a lion and a lamb. And this has a twofold application or an implication. And that is as the lion, he is the overcomer who has defeated Satan. And as as the lamb, he is the redeemer who has died on the cross to save God's people from their sins. So the lion lamb is addressing Satan and God's defeat and victory over him. And it's addressing our sin and Christ's death to redeem us and save us from those sins. So this is Christ removing the hindrances to the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose. That scroll cannot be opened until Satan's defeated and God's people are redeemed from their sin. So the two hindrances were Satan and sin. Jesus is the lion lamb who solves those problems and removes those hindrances. Now, interestingly enough, this chapter five is a glimpse into heaven on the backside of Christ's ascension. So this scene in heaven occurs immediately after Christ's ascension. So if you remember in Acts chapter one, the disciples were there with Jesus and he took off, he was asc- he ascended and it said a cloud took him away from their sight and they watched him like a, you know, a, a balloon floating off into the sky, getting smaller and smaller. They couldn't see where he went. Chapter five shows us the backside of his ascension, the other side of the sky, the other side of his ascension is the throne room of God. Where that cloud took him was directly up to God's throne. As a man, he steps into that intense throne room that we saw described in chapter four. He walks up to the throne of the sovereign God of all the universe, and he takes his seat on the throne, and he opens God's will and begins to enact it because he is worthy for who he is and what he's done. He's the the victorious, redeeming God, man, Jesus Christ. And heaven itself responds and begins to direct that unceasing worship that we saw in chapter four to this worthy man. So this is unbelievable. This is an awesome event in all of human history. Jesus Christ, victory, ascension, and enthronement. And heaven's response to praise, to take that praise of God and direct it to a overcoming man. And once he takes his seat on that throne, what he does is he begins to administrate God's will. So that takes us to the second point, the scroll. Well, let me say one more point on, on the lion lamb because it's so awesome. It says in verse 5, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome. So remember back in chapter 2 and 3, the repeated uh, call was for people, human beings in churches that have a lot of problems to overcome. Well, chapter five encourages us because it says there is one unique overcomer in this universe. And chapter five 
in in far as time sequence precedes chapters 2 and 3 because chapter 5 again happens at the ascension 33 AD Revelation 2 and 3 is written in 90 AD so if we see this we'll be encouraged because we'll realize all of God's call for us to overcome and to answer his call is based on Christ Jesus's own prior overcoming being applied to us if we see that Jesus Christ as a man has overcome and we realize we're joined to him he's in us then we realize the secret to our overcoming is to experience and enjoy Christ. Okay, the scroll is how the chapter starts, verse 1 and 2. Who's worthy to open the scroll? And this scroll is simply the new covenant will of God. And the rest of this book, it says it's sealed up with seven seals. The rest of the book of Revelation, you'll notice it'll say the first seal is opened, the second seal is opened. The book of Revelation is a revelation of the contents of the scroll. So when we read the the rest of the book from here on out, we're reading the contents of that sealed up scroll that Christ has opened. It's opened so we can know it, and it's also opened so he can um, accomplish it. So that's what the content of the scroll is, and that scroll is God's eternal purpose that will uh, end up in the New Jerusalem. So Christ accomplished God's purpose. That's the significance of him opening the scroll, okay? And so that's, uh, chapter five is leading us into the rest of the book in that way. Um, Okay, the last point here is the effect of the open scroll and the effect of Christ's victory and redemption is in verse 10. Um, It says that in verse nine, he he has purchased men and women out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, and he has made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign on the earth. So the result of Christ's victory and the ultimate result in actuality of his administrating this, uh, this victory and this will of God is that God's people are made something. We are made a kingdom and priests. And this is the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose as revealed in Genesis 1.26, that his people would bear his image, and represent his authority on earth. Remember, God, Jesus told us to pray in Matthew 6, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Revelation 5 is showing us that Christ accomplishes God's purpose by bringing those that prayer he taught us into fulfillment. There's a kingdom, there's a reign, there's an image-bearing group of people who are serving God as priests in most intimate fellowship and communion with God himself on the earth. That will end up in the New Jerusalem. That's what the New Jerusalem is, is the totality of God's kingdom and the body of divine priests serving God in union with him. So this kingdom and priest concept is all throughout the book of Revelation. It's in 1-6, it's in 5-10, this chapter, it's in 20, verse 6, And it ends the book with chapter 22, verses 3 through 5. So really, again, the whole book of Revelation is not mainly about crazy, pyrotechnic, uh, explosive ends of of the world as we know it. It is in that context, yes, that intense context, but really the center is how is Christ going to fulfill God's purpose and produce a kingdom of priests on the earth to fulfill his intention in creating man? If we see that, And if we see and believe this vision of Christ in chapter 5 as the unique overcomer, 
the true uh, the true worthy one, then our praise will be uplifted. Our experience will be opened up because because we, we will realize no matter what the world situation looks like, Jesus is on the throne administrating, and heaven is responding to praise him. If we see that, we will be positioned to experience him and come into the reality of what he has accomplished.